Hey there, I'm Amanda Marcotte, and this is How to Be a Badass-ish. The truth is, we're all badasses. We just forget, because we also forget that we're human, and sometimes we fall on our face. Hey everyone, it's Amanda, and I am so excited for you to join me on this episode today. This one, I am I am jacked about, I'm not going to lie, and it's probably going to fire some people up and um, cause a really in-depth conversation, which of course I love. Oh, I love it so much. Um, and this was actually sparked because of a post that I saw a couple of weeks ago on Instagram. So there is this account that I follow. If you haven't heard of it, it's called Women of Impact. And it is just amazing. And they interviewed the amazing Gabby Reese. So a little bit of a background. You got to hunt it down. You've got to find this really quick interview that they did. And I'm going to give a synopsis of what she said in just a second. But um, this woman was Nike's first female spokesperson and created a shoe, quote, so pumped that it outsold the Air Jordans. And she did this this interview with Women of Impact, which I absolutely love. And I'm going to just give you the really quick synopsis. This isn't the whole thing. I'm totally paraphrasing. Um, but she, but so this Gabby Reese actually said, if you're being told, quote, you're very pretty or you're very beautiful, I don't know if that's what I want to bring to the table. I appreciate it. It's flattering. It feels good. Let's not kid ourselves. It's all really nice, but pretty is everywhere. I just have to go outside right now and pretty is everywhere. So as highly celebrated, excuse me, as highly celebrated as it is, And by the way, there will always be someone younger. There will always be someone more beautiful. And I just knew that early on, you have to develop a skill in a craft that is genuinely for you. So for today's episode, this is what I wanted to talk about because I relate. I relate a lot. And it's it's a little bit... um, This is going to be triggering. This is probably going to piss some people off, and I'm okay with it because like I constantly preach on all of my episodes, you need to share your story and not worry about what other people think or say, but there is that caveat that I'm probably going to piss some people off. Okay, so here we go. I know I am an attractive person. And that's where it gets complicated in the first place. Because growing up, when I was a tiny, tiny baby and toddler, my mom told me stories upon stories about people literally stopping her in the grocery store, telling her specifically how beautiful I was. And when I was in grade school, I was told by strangers on the street how beautiful I was. In high school, um, I just, I knew I was a super attractive person. I was also a dancer and a cheerleader, so I had a really great body. Even in college, I remember, um, I remember being told all the time just how physically beautiful I was. And I don't say that in the narcissistic sense of, oh my God, I'm so pretty. No, 
this is this really actually happened to me all the time. And this is where it gets controversial. So a lot of women especially would go, yeah, of I mean, what are you complaining about? So this whole podcast is about failure. So how on God's green earth could this be a failure, right? Well, here's the deal. I never felt it. And I was actually really, uh, what's the word, offended by it because for my entire life, I was only seen as pretty. Being a super attractive female, especially, you are not allowed to have feelings. You are not allowed to be angry or heartbroken. You are not allowed to complain about things because people's fallback is always, I don't understand why you would have to be sad. Have you looked at yourself? And I and I mean this literally. I remember being in high school and I had my first heartbreak. Now, for every single one of you guys listening, for the most part, apparently there's some teenage girls that are listening, which welcome and I love it. And I'm so thankful that the next generation is hearing how to celebrate your failures so that you can evolve faster. Um, but chances are they've gone through this too. When you go through your first heartbreak, it is the most devastating thing and most traumatic thing that I think a person can experience because you have not yet experienced heartbreak in a way um, that you know you're going to live through it, right? And in that moment, in your the first time your heart is truly broken, I don't know about you guys, I felt like I was dying. I felt like my soul was leaving my body. I felt like my heart was collapsing. I felt like my lungs were deflating. I had a physical pain in my stomach because I wanted to throw up. And it was it was extremely devastating to me. And I came to school and my friend at the time, um, I remember having a conversation with her about my looks pretty much all the time, which is weird in itself. But she was one of those friends that constantly physically admired me and would say as such. And it made me uncomfortable because at the time, I wanted to be celebrated for wanting to be class president, for designing a a book report that was so amazing and so fantastic that the teacher genuinely thought that I plagiarized. And I wanted to be celebrated for being a PR person for Shriners Hospital because for those of you that don't know, I was born missing the lower half of my right arm. Now, quick interjection here. Uh, Every person that I've ever met personally in my life has told me that they don't notice my arm or that they forget it's not there because I'm so confident with how I hold my body. Now, I can only kind of take uh, ownership of that because it was 99% of the way my parents and my grandparents raised me. I was never treated differently. I was never treated like I couldn't do something because I was missing a hand. Just like other babies, I had to figure it out. I was never coddled. I was never I was never treated like I needed an excessive excessive amount of help. 
simply because I was missing something, right? So for me, having one hand is just as different as having blonde hair. And if you've seen my podcast cover, you know I have the raven black hair, right? So like it makes, it actually doesn't make any difference to me. And that's uh, why I was a Shriners Hospital PR person, because I was in fact a Shrine kid from the time I was six weeks old until I was approximately 17. And I had really good stage presence and I could speak to people very easily. And I enjoyed doing public speaking. So I would go all over the state to these events and uh, talk to people, which as a 17-year-old, I wanted to celebrate that. That's a big deal to not have to audition, but to be asked to have that honor. So when my looks were always the top of conversation, it, it drove me crazy. It truly did. And this one particular day, I come in to the classroom and I am, I, I mean, you can tell I'm devastated, right? It had happened the night before. As a 17-year-old, you know you don't really have a choice, or excuse me, a 16 at that time. Um, you know you don't really have a choice, and <laughs> but to go to school, so I did, and I, I mean... I don't know how I survived that day. I really don't. And this girl looked at me knowing and I was vibrating with the devastation and the pain and the heartbreak and the soul crushing feelings that everyone experiences the first time they lose their first love. <laughs> she said to me, without question, with a totally straight face, and actually with a tone of full annoyance in her voice, I don't understand why you're crying right now. Because have you looked in the mirror? There's boys lining up to date you. Like, what do you have to be sad about right now? And it was in that moment when I was 16 years old that I started to hate how attractive I was. Because um, I carried myself with confidence, not because I thought I was the most beautiful girl in the room, but because I knew I was amazing at what I was amazing at, right? The public speaking, dance, cheerleading, uh, like those, those were the things that I held with confidence. And when I was so easily dismissed because I was pretty, it was really, 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 really hard to take. So fast forward, and um, in a previous episode, I talked about my experience with being raped. And I know part of the reason that he thought he could do that to me was because I was the pretty girl who was flirting with him, right? Um, part of the reason he even took interest in me is because I was one of the prettiest girls in that area, when I went to college, I remember um, I would date these guys after my ex and I broke up, <laughs> who I followed to Idaho instead of going to Juilliard because I was convinced he loved me for me, not because I was pretty, not because I had a great body. He loved me for who I actually was. That was totally wrong. 
It was it was a big giant effing lie. Um, because I actually remember in college, so back it up just a little bit. I remember in college when I was dating this guy, I was living with him. I was actually engaged to him. He was extremely manipulative, extremely controlling. We would go over to his buddy's house all the time and um, they would game while I would sit on a stool looking super hot. And the thing was, I wouldn't I wouldn't be dressed all dolled up because I wanted to show off. It was because he wanted to show me off. So here I am. I had given up my dream for this guy. I'm, I'm, and I'm going to interject really quick here. If you've never been in a relationship where the person manipulating you and controlling you is so good at what they do that you don't even realize what's happening until you're at the bottom of the pit with absolutely no way out. I don't want anybody to to send out the vibes that I should have known better. I absolutely should have. And in a future episode, I will talk about controlling people and how even the strongest person can find themselves in a situation like that. That's not what I'm talking about today. Today, I'm talking about some of the things that he did because I was pretty and because he was so proud of the fact that he had such a hot girlfriend. And I knew I was hot because every single one of his friends and classmates would say it to him while we were walking down the hallway or if I was in front with a different group and he was behind. I heard it all the time. Not a single fucking one of those people ever said, oh my God, Amanda is such a smart person holy cow, she is so caring and just gives everything that she can to people. She is so talented at dance. I saw her show and it's it's amazing the gift that she has. No, no, no. It was always how pretty I am. Now, I would go over to these, it, I don't know, I, I call them parties, but it was basically just a bunch of them hanging out. And there were other girls there. And because I was the pretty one, I always had daggers shot at me as though I I could change my facial features just because um, it, I made them uncomfortable because they were not comfortable in their own bodies for whatever the reason, right? Because we're conditioned as women. If you don't look a certain way, then you are not attractive, which I grossly find uh, false and offensive on so many levels. But um, I didn't have a lot of girlfriends. And this is one of the reasons why, because women were trying to hold themselves to this standard. And then I would walk in looking like this standard. And all of a sudden, I was the most hated person in the room. And it was very um, detrimental to me and my confidence. And I talked about the imposter syndrome. And now that I'm discussing this side of it, I think that's where it comes from. I think I think it was because I didn't feel ever like I had a sisterhood or like these women had my back. I felt like I was constantly in the wrong just because I existed because of something that I was born with, just like my arm. I could not control it, right? And so we'd go over to these events and on top of getting these daggers from all of these women, um, I would be dressed in some tiny skirt and like kitten heels and like some cleavage bearing shirt or whatever. And it was because my boyfriend at the time would pick out my outfit 
And then he would put me on display. And there was one significant night where this is when I realized I was in a situation that I didn't know how to get out of. Um, we were sitting at a party and he had been drinking. All of his friends were drinking. I, of course, was the D&D because he told me I needed to be. And um, <laughs> they were so drunk. One of his friends actually leaned on him and he goes, dude, I would kill to see your girlfriend's tits. And without even so much as a pause, my fiance says to me, go ahead, honey, show him your tits. Show him what I get to see all the time. And I remember going, I, I, I'm not okay with this. I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know if I am actually jeopardizing my safety if I don't acquiesce. Um, and I was at such a low point that I just kind of went, okay, I can't hate myself anymore, right? So when you fast forward to a few years later, I met my husband who is the exact opposite. He has told me many, 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 many times about how he loves me for who I am. But I realized recently that I made him prove it to me without knowing that's what I was doing. Because I had gone the first 25, 26 years of my life in one body that I was told I should hate simply because I was female and because I didn't look like I was molded out of plastic. Um, and yet from the human perspective, I was that ideal shape and size and and curves and facial structure and whatever that all of these women had idolized. So I'm like going back and forth between this line of knowing what I look like and hating my body because of what I look like. So when I met my husband, I was still dancing and I was still um, in really good shape and I um, was still really healthy. And after we got married, I don't really know what happened. My my health just sort of like disintegrated. I think the trigger was getting the IUD Mirena because it is unbelievably terrible for you. And total side note here for all of you women listening, if you have never heard of Alyssa Vitti's woman code, you need to stop this immediately, go to Amazon and purchase it. It is game changing, the cycle sinking stuff, right? Okay, so coming back. Um, so this this thing kind of kicked off the next 10 years of being grossly unhealthy. And I mean to a point where my my little five foot two frame, and I had never been more than 135 pounds in my entire life, suddenly I ballooned up and I gained like 40 pounds in in a matter of a year. And um it wasn't just because I was eating unhealthy. I didn't all of a sudden just start um, doing nothing, right? Except for eating pizza and whatever. In fact, it was the exact opposite. I had no appetite, yet the only thing that I could actually physically keep into my body, <laughs> my my Alexa app is going off. I'm not sure if y'all can hear that. I'm not big on perfectionism. I spent way too long trying to be perfect. so. 
<laughs> you're going to do a whole thing about it, but you'll hear garbage trucks or whatever. I don't edit these episodes because I want you to see the real me. Alarms and garage or garages, <laughs> garbage trucks and everything and all. Okay. So where was I? Um, so I, I had no appetite at that time. I, something triggered, something snapped on my body. My adrenal started to fail. My thyroid started to fail and it just sort of snowballed. So I, I had no appetite. And yet the only thing that I could eat was Cheetos. And I was marveled at this. And of course I'd go to male doctors and they would tell me, oh, well, you're just, you're just overweight. You just need to exercise more. And I'm like, that sounds good in theory, considering I was an athlete for a majority of my life. However, right now I cannot walk up a flight of stairs without having to take a nap at the landing, not sit down and rest because I was winded. I mean, literally lay down and take a 20 minute nap because the level of exhaustion that I had, right? So I found out much, 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 much later that the reason my body wanted the Cheetos and literally nothing else is because of the salt content. And that's how I found out that my thyroid was starting to fail, which caused my adrenals to fail, which was causing my liver to fail, which was causing migraines and which was, I mean, it just kept compiling onto itself, right? So I manifested this body that was 200 pounds. I had acne, not just any acne for the first time in my entire life at 30 years old, but it was cystic acne, which for those of you that don't know, you have to actually dig out these really hard seed-like things in your skin because they will never come to the surface like normal acne. So it's excruciatingly painful. It's itchy. It hurts. And then you have these sores all over your face, which just add to now feeling disgusting and gross and I talk about this because, and I realize now that I manifested it for the exact same reason that I started to turn off everything that was feminine about me. I stopped wearing dresses altogether, like done. Um, I, I didn't want to wear makeup because it was no longer fun. It was a necessity to cover up this cystic acne. I didn't want any pictures. There's like the first four years of my son's life, I think there's maybe 25 pictures that exist in four years that I am willingly in them. Um, I, I, I was even doing business like a man. Women biologically just have emotions. We just can connect to other human beings so much easier than males. That's not that's not man's shaming. That is that is biologically how we are wired for a whole multitude of reasons. Um, but I would actually set in place these protocols in my business so that I would not um I would not have any emotion towards these people. I would be a hard ass. I would be cold when I was talking to them. Like, uh, there's a difference between not starting work without having a deposit and what I was doing, which was you can give me a deposit and then we can have a consultation and then I need you to go away so I can do all of my work. I don't want you to talk to me whatsoever. And then you're going to pay me again 
to go away completely. So I I wasn't I wasn't just trying to be very transactional like most men are in business. I was trying to completely shut everybody down and out. I didn't want to have anything to do with people even though I I thought I did. I I was very much having this internal conflict. I really 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 wanted my husband to love on me and to show me that he thought that I was attractive. Now it's, he constantly did throughout this entire time that this was all happening. He never stopped complimenting me, but I had, I had gotten to a point where I couldn't hear it at all because I had become the thing that I thought I was in high school, right? We, we joke about how I wish I was as fat as I thought I was in high school. And for me, my body dysmorphia was so terrible. Like I said, I was constantly back and forth between this line of of having women hate me because of how I looked and feeling like I still wasn't good enough in my own skin. So my body dysmorphia was awful. And it did not help that as a dancer who looked like Marilyn Monroe, and that is not an exaggeration, it was always called the fat dancer. Um, because I had curves, because I didn't look like a prima ballerina who basically has an androgynous 12-year-old boy's body, right? Um, As a cheerleader, I wasn't super tall. So I always felt like I was huge compared to the other girls because I had a butt and because I had thighs and because I was very strong. But I I felt the way that I looked for almost eight years of my life. And that's why I know I manifested it because I remember being 16 while hearing um, people tell me how beautiful I was, feeling like my soul had been ripped from my body after my first heartbreak and hearing my friend, quote, uh, say to me, what do you have to be sad about? Um, I remember thinking to myself, well, because I'm disgusting. And that's the whole reason I wanted to talk about this today, because we put so much weight on our looks that we manifest it so that we look the way that we think we do when we loathe ourselves. Not love, loathe, hate, hate ourselves. And I find this fascinating um, there is this new artist. She's probably not new to anybody else other than me, but I don't I don't listen to the radio. Lizzo, who is this amazing, amazing singer, this beautiful, very large black woman. And she will post on her Instagram naked pictures about herself. And there's one where she's like um wearing a swimsuit and basically stripping on camera, like they're from societal standards and from what women are trained and from what I believed as a 16-year-old girl, there should be, quote unquote, nothing attractive about her. And yet, when you look at her and you realize the power that that woman has in her little pinky and the self-love and the confidence and just the intensity of I do not care what you think because I 
think I am beautiful. You can't help but get turned on by this woman. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. You watch her and just go, damn, right? Like it is powerful. And for the first time since I started to heal and I started to lose all my weight and I started to really step back into the the girl that I remember, the one that I was proud of, the strong, outspoken woman that knew she was pretty and was was okay with it, right? She only existed for a very short time in high school and, and college for me, but um, she was there. I, I think she existed in college because I came I became a he woman man hater, honestly, because of the things my ex did to me. But that's I digress. Um, she is coming back. And I'm so thankful to see her again. I'm so happy to see her again. And then I see these women like Lizzo who just fucking owns it, right? Like she she knows she is amazing. And that that is what we need to strive for. That is what we need to celebrate. That is what makes you a badass, a true badass. Like knowing what you are good at and running with it. And if you're pretty fantastic, so is a flower, right? So that is not what makes you amazing. That is not what makes you special. And that is not what you should compare yourself to others about. There is no there is no such thing as perfect. You need to own your power, step into your greatness, and fucking celebrate the amazing, wonderful, unicorn goddess that you are because that is what makes you a badass. Thank you guys so very much for joining me today and for listening. If you loved this episode or hated it, I would love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at howtobeabadass-ish. And I look forward to talking with you guys again soon. Have a wonderful day.